Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired and feel like you're just giving up so much of your health and happiness for work? If so, you're not alone. In today's episode of The Five Core Life, host Will Morse sits down with Luke Dupron to talk about how you can live a holistic life and balance both your mental, physical, as well as professional life. In addition, we talk about tech and how tech can either hurt or help you depending on how you use it. If you haven't already, go ahead and pound that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes of The Five Core Life air. Are you ready to fire all cylinders? If so, let's go. What's up, man? Hey, how are we? We're great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad it, glad it connected. I had a little concern there for a moment. Yeah, sorry. You know, there's always, there's always something. There's always something going on. Technology. Our friend, yes. <laughs> I actually, you want to hear something funny before we get going? I lost my iPhone. Literally, I can still see it in slow motion. We were—I was just saying—we were in Michigan this past week. My family vacationed up there. We were on a boat, and my two-year-old son Emmett is like has this little fishing net, and my wife was looking up properties on the lake on Zillow. Shame on her; she shouldn't been on her phone on her phone yeah, on the lake, anyways. But she was looking them up. And just kind of just curious what they were worth. And he took the net and like, I just can still see it in slow motion. The phone just flying through the air, boom, down into the lake. So it's currently sitting at the bottom of Torch Lake in Michigan. So if anybody's there right now, go ahead and scuba dive, see if you can find it. It's yours because I just replaced it. So I didn't have a phone for five days. It was glorious in right. one measure, but it was also very frustrating, as you know, because, yeah. you know. We, our lives, I, I, you don't realize how much your life is tied to your phone. When's, when's um, the last time you did five days off of your phone? Dude, I mean, it's been forever. And I, I preach to people all the time, you know, to, to, to limit your screen time. And I, I've gotten pretty good at, at, you know, not doing, just going down the rabbit holes. Although TikTok, out of all of them, TikTok, <laughs> dude. Have you been on TikTok? So I've stayed away because I know myself. I don't go do down it. the rabbit hole of just... Dude, I'm telling you right now, don't do it. I, I, in, I was able all these years, Facebook, Instagram, never got me. My wife, she'll scroll through Instagram, you know, and I'm always like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're just, you're, you're wasting your time. And, it, and then TikTok though, I'll tell you, it's, it's just the way they've got it. It's a great setup and it's just like quick, really funny, like viral videos. And, and sure. it's kind of amazing. Part of me, actually, I'm rationalizing to myself is okay with it because it's like, I, I'm I'm observing how creative human beings can be. It sort of brings out the creative, right? It's not sure. just, hey, look at me and how beautiful I am, and then you're photoshopping the hell out of it and making sure. it look like life is perfect. It's people doing like extraordinary, whether they're funny or you know great dancers or you know magician, just crazy stuff. And you're like, holy cow! And it's all in like ten to fifteen seconds, right? So yeah. with our short attention span that's getting shorter and shorter, you can get yeah. it all in pretty quick. I've heard that there, I was, this is from another podcast I was listening to that their algorithm, they have it down so dialed as far as, again, like say somebody with brown hair, you tend to scroll just a little slower on, you're going to start seeing that and they have their algorithm so dialed to keep you hooked. Dude, I'll tell you, it doesn't surprise me because these sites, and I always talk about, have you seen, uh, this reminds me of the social dilemma on Netflix? Yeah. Okay, I didn't, so I, didn't get, I actually haven't seen the whole thing, but I understand the concept of it from watching what I did. Which, yeah, what you just said reminds me, which is like, this is what they do, right? Like they, they have just, they spend billions of dollars to figure out how to get you glued to that screen and not 
step away because then they can show all their advertisers, hey guys, look, look yep. at how glued this person is. And he's yeah. looking for your type of content. He wants to get a gun and go shoot somebody. Here, place your gun right here. Yeah. That's kind of how Social Dilemma did it in a, a creative, fun way. I liked how they did it. They kind of said, this is how you can go to speaking of rabbit holes, like take a normal person. And all of a sudden you start showing, like he broke up with his girlfriend and then he was upset and then he's scrolling through Facebook and then he sees like an ad for like this like militia that's like yeah. pissed off. And then he's like, oh, you just kind of curious, clicks on it. All of a sudden he's getting gun ads and then before you know it, he's like, yeah, it's kind of down the to the, the worst movie, possible like, got a side of it, right? Just, What's that? It's down to the worst possible side of it, right? Like I've heard, exactly. you know, right. again, so, like, yeah. Yeah, right. And the, I mean, obviously it's got benefits too. And so like doing this type of stuff, right? It's like you, mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to take it the other way. But yeah, it, it's, it's funny. definitely a rabbit hole. It's funny we're having this conversation because just before we got on, um, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, I need to clean up my feed and just get rid of some stuff that's not serving me, like that's not bringing either educational or inspirational content. I was really having this conversation because I too will fall victim to just like, what am I doing here? And I, I think of it as I tell myself, like, what am I trading my life for? <laughs> and, well, that's right. And you know, teen suicide, this is, this is serious. Like it's at an all time high. It's gone up. Like if you actually look at statistics, it's crazy. If you like go in and look at when did teen suicide start ramping up? It's literally the year that like Facebook yeah. came. And it's, it's, you know, they they haven't been able to statistically 100% prove it, but I mean, anybody with a brain can see it's pretty black and white that, you know, there's a connection between, and also the world happiness report has shown mm -hmm. that going down. Our lifespans are going down. You know, it, it leads to complacency. And, and again, I'm not a tech basher. I love technology and I think it can be used like the great Stanley once said, with great power, there must come great responsibility. So it's like, you know, we have all this power. A lot of these companies, I don't think they're necessarily evil. Like Mark Zuckerberg, Larry Page of Google, they're not bad people, but they're trapped. They're stuck. The genie's mm. out of the bottle. They have yeah. a fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to make as much money as possible. And that has nothing to do with our happiness and wellness. Yep. Can I ask, how old are you? I'm 45. Okay. So... You, you would have escaped it as well, but I'm, so I'm 36, <laughs> old enough to have to question it. I yeah. was probably one of the last generations to go through like, so Facebook for me came out like my senior year of college, which I didn't even really get on it until I realized girls were on there. And I, I escaped my youth without having social media versus again today, like if you're a 12, 13, 14 year old kid, man, what a different lens that you're looking through. Oh, totally. Because they compare themselves. And, and like we were saying earlier, you know, it's like, okay, the perfect picture. Let me, let me, everybody's going to put their best foot forward. I sure. do. You yeah, do it. Yeah, like, yeah. I just looked at your IG, like, you know, you're show, you're in great shape. You've got a great body. You're going to, you're going to show that. You're not going to show, right. you know, a picture of your belly, you know, and, and that's just human nature, right? But then sure. what ends up happening is the side effect people don't think about is we're trying to put our best foot forward, which is That's fine. But then, when other people are comparing themselves and going, Fuck, you know, I'll never get that or I can't be that beautiful, you know. And again, it, girl, it's way worse for teen suicide, which kind of makes sense, you know, and, and they compare themselves. And meanwhile, these, a lot of this stuff's photoshopped. It's not real. You actually talk to these people. I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure you and everybody listening has a similar story, that you know their real life versus their social media life. And you're like, oh, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, Could that not be more opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and this goes, that, honestly, that goes all the way up to when you look at some of the biggest accounts. Um, I'm not going to, won't call anyone out who 
Um, but from, yeah, the small person all the way up to people who have millions of followers, you'll see like, wow, what a facade. Well, sure. Let's talk about that. I've actually had a few people on my show that it, it was a very interesting love quadrangle. Um, and it's no secret. I mean, I, you know, they, we, we've talked about it on the show, but Dave Hollis. Yeah. And, you know, his, yeah. and so, and his ex wife, um, I actually interviewed him like during, as they were separating and then interviewed, I'm drawing a blank on her name, the girl he started dating now who then broke, who broke up with it. it. Like, so there was two kind of groups of influencers. They both broke up and then they kind of swapped. Yeah. The Powell's I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Dude, crazy. Right. But you know what? At first I was kind of like, had your initial thought, which is like, man, like get your shit together. Like you're, you're preaching, but then that's life. And sometimes things don't work out. And, I think there's a lot of pressure. The bigger you get, I mean, this also goes back to the social dilemma and, and like, you know, everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to have all this, all these followers. Right. And then it's like, you get there and then there's a magnifying glass on you mm -hmm. and then you think you got to be perfect. So it's actually a trap and, and you're sure. not, you're not happier. You're like, I need to constantly keep up this facade. And I, you know, I could kind of get that from Dave, especially when I interviewed him that it was, you know, I think that they probably all stayed in a marriage that wasn't working for longer than they should have because of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because mar if marriages don't work out, sure. it doesn't mean either are bad people that it just happens sometimes. Yeah. That's where, uh, that's where I always think, man, Joe Rogan's done it right as the, uh, quote unquote self-proclaimed, you know, chimp idiot as he just will describe himself, but yet gets to, you know, interview the, the most well-respected people in the world under that moniker. It's pretty awesome. Totally did. Totally. So, all right, well, that was, this is how these show my show rolls. Um, love it. I love it. Podcast too. So I don't know if yours is more structured, but I just, you know, whatever's on my mind, what, you know, we just fly from the hip. So that was a cool little discussion on social media. Let's move on. Health and wellness, the five cores of life, your mindset, your relationships, your career and finances, your emotional health, your physical health. Sounds like you're really nailing it on the, the emotional health, the physical health and the mindset and the career and finances. And probably relationships. So you, you'd be somebody I would say is firing on all cylinders. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are, what you're doing, and then, you know, where you're headed in the future. Sure. So I think like a lot of health and fitness professionals uh, kind of started through sport. Uh, you know, I was an athlete growing up, not a great one by any means. And then I went to school for business. And I remember sitting in an accounting class thinking like, I hate this. Like, I absolutely hate all of this. And so my last year or my junior year of college, I switched degrees to the kinesiology department to pursue a degree in exercise science. Not really sure what I was going to do with that, but just I knew I was coupling the ability to help people, which was a passion with the self-interest of exercise and nutrition. And so from there, I've done everything in the last 10 years from personal training. I've worked in rehab studios, doing corrective exercise for thin, you know, PTs and chiropractors, working with professional Olympic level athletes, performance work all the way to kind of where I'm at now doing online, I would call it performance and lifestyle coaching. So um, I tend to work, I do tend to work with entrepreneurs and businessmen, but ladies who are listening, I promise this, all the tactics and the techniques and everything that we need to really do, it works across the board. And I've coached tons of women as well. Um, it really just comes down to obviously marketing and positioning when we're talking that. Yeah, today, generally the average person that's coming to work for me, they do have a weight loss goal, but to bring it to your core five, man, what lights me up is somebody who will come with, say, I want to lose 25, 30 pounds. That's the physical goal. But the stuff that's inspiring to me is when they start to see the impact of optimizing their health and their fitness on the other areas of life. And we are talking relationships. We are talking business. 
talking mindset. And so um, when I read your core five, man, it really struck home because it is all synergistic in, in my experience. Nice. Totally. Right. I mean, you got to live that holistic lifestyle. Some people, these are, to me, these are the top five and without going into each one and exactly describing them, they cover the full gamut of your, your happiness. Meaning like these are the main areas of life that you have to pay attention to. You have to continually grow, build momentum in, stop. I, I'm a big habits guy. So stop your failure habits, I call it, and replace yep. them with success habits and just you know, get because habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting us, right? Once, yep. once they're formed, they're formed. They dig in real deep, and it's very difficult to get rid of them once they've they've got their claws in you. But having an accountability system, which is something I help people with, sounds like you as well, to you know, kind of help people like okay. But then once you get it going and you get over that front loaded hump, then it's kind of like okay, now they're in the background, automatically working for instead of against you. That's what's cool. Yeah. You don't really have to think about it. Right? Just like brushing your teeth or whatever. It's like, you, you don't even think about it. taking a shower in the morning. Yeah, you nailed it. It's funny. I actually tell people as many things as we can in, in our fitness and health practice that we can shift towards the concept of brushing our teeth. I'll see a lot of times people, you know, talk about like they're going to go walk for exercise, which is great. But pretty soon it's like, hey, let's shift the idea of walking as exercise out of our mind. Let's not even have to put it in that bucket. It's just kind of something we do as a human animal. And it's like brushing our teeth. We don't have to think about it. So yeah, as many things that you can shift to that concept of brushing your teeth. That's literally something I talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, right. That's 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 kind of the low-hanging fruit because it's something that, you know, not everybody does, but it's one of those things you can you can clearly go, okay, law of compounding. If you don't brush your teeth and you know your your teeth are gonna look great when you're young, and then you start to get a little bit older, they'll start to gray, you know, then before you know it, you'll get tons of cavities and it's like they're gone. Your teeth are gone. Like if you don't ever brush your teeth, I mean by 20 years old, they're probably gone, right? Yeah. And so it's like, and it's just like, and you, you take that concept to other areas of your life. And it's amazing to me how many people, you know, I think a lot of people are aware in general, like, oh, I need to lose weight or I need to, you know, but it's like, that doesn't work. You got to get specific and you got to kind of track down what is the habit that I'm doing that's preventing me from doing that? Like, or why am I procrastinating? And then get something going to where you're like, okay. And you want to reduce the friction on it, right? So you're a, a fitness guy. You don't want to go for a run if you hate running. My wife loves running. I do not like running. So that's her kind of peace and zen, and, and she loves to go. For me, it's playing basketball or tennis or other cardio sports, you know, yep. to get my heart rate going. And that, I don't even feel like I'm working out, right? It's ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, that's a big part of it. In my practice, I would put these things in what I would call the movement camp. And yeah, we want to have lots of movement, but so many people I see, it's like, I'll talk to them like, oh, so what's the plan for this? And it's like, oh, I'm going to go hit the treadmill. And I live in San Diego. And I think it's absolutely like bonkers that somebody's going to go like walk on a treadmill and like you go to the beach, you go to the bay, you can just go your, your neighborhood is going to likely be beautiful and nice out. And as many things that we can just do that are movement based that we, that are fun and we enjoy, it's like, man, that's a path to success. So again, like basketball. Like go play a pickup game of basketball or, you know, like shoot around at your house versus get on the treadmill. If you hate the treadmill, totally. like, that's going to be a path to success for you. This is kind of a new movement that's, that's happening and it's great to see, I, you know, a lot of people, it used to be like the eighties, nineties, it was like the gym. Like you gotta go to the gym. You gotta get a membership at the gym, 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 gym. And then, you know, COVID, COVID, and then <laughs> even in the two thousands for a while, you know, I think orange theory started to sort of change the, the game and they, they gamification is a huge thing that I'm into. And I love, and in my definition of gamification, it's basically using game-like elements like scoring, competition, social connectivity to reduce that friction, to make it easier to want to take the actions that are good for you. And so 
I remember my wife started going to Orange Theory years ago, and it was like, oh, I was like, and she was so, she was addicted to it, straight up. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what, what's so great? And she's like, oh, you're competing against other people. And I was like, okay, I get it. And then, you know, now Peloton. Peloton has just nailed it. And they came right at the right time because, you know, COVID, everybody was staying at home. And I think there's going to be a huge shift away. I would not be investing in gym stocks right now. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So I, for the first time in five years, just got a gym membership about two months ago. So me as the fitness guy, I've actually had a home gym for probably the last five years. And, and I will say in my mind, there's a difference between uh, what I'm gonna call strict exercise versus the movement camp. And there's some, some physiological reasons on why we wanna leverage some of those, particularly in weight loss phases. But it doesn't mean you actually have to go to a gym. So again, with some select equipment, you can do a lot of this at home. Um, so I did see somebody ask, how did, it, how did you do it during COVID? And it's like, I've only now went and got a gym membership based out of, you know, with COVID, we've kind of been locked down and I'm looking for something a little different. But the last five years of my life, my gym has been on a deck with, again, I probably have more equipment than the average person, but you can piece together some of this stuff and you don't even have to go to the physical gym. Well, that's it. And I mean, you just exemplified my point, which is to each his own and her own. And it's like, mm -hmm. whatever works for you. And, and sometimes you want to mix it up and do different things to keep it interesting and, and whatnot. So yeah, I was a member of a gym. I played basketball for years. COVID hit. They shut down basketball for you know, over a year. And I was like, that was the main part of why I went to the gym. And yeah. so, but I was like, well, shoot, because I, I would play basketball three days a week and then I would go lift. That was my, my success, you know, healthy habit routine. And I would listen to podcasts at the same time, like sure. the ones that I want to you know, like, like wellness podcasts. And so I was like, yes, I, I'd come out of the gym just feeling like Superman. Totally. And then when that went away, I was like, oh man. So I had to pivot and figure out. And so I bought, you know, I got some weights, probably nothing on the level that you got, but, you know, kept myself active enough and, you know, and then started getting into some intramural sports locally, like tennis and, and playing basketball with some guys when things started opening back up. So yeah, man, you got to just, like you're saying, you got to figure out how to reduce that friction and get it going. Yep. And from the time, I mean, again, I work with a lot of the, a lot of the guys I coach are, you know, again, business owners, entrepreneurs, they're busy dudes. And it's like, the time that you spent that you drove to the gym, depending on where you live, and that you drove back and putzed around, you know, getting checked in, getting to your locker, all that, you probably could have got your workout done if you had, again, just a select few pieces of equipment. So from like an efficiency standpoint, having access, and again, it could be as simple as a good pair of uh, adjustable dumbbells could take you really far. It's like having access to that, I think, really helps remove a lot of that uh, resistance and just make it as easy as possible. I love it. I love it. So... Tell us a little bit more about what is the approach you're taking? Sounds like we're definitely in alignment on, on some of these things. You know, when somebody comes in and they say, I need help, you know, walk us through that. How does that sure. work? Sure. So we do have to address the mindset, obviously. Generally, at this point, if somebody's reaching out, they probably have figured out like they're ready to take this on, but that's often not enough. So the, the first thing we're going to do is like, we're going to establish what's the big why. Why do you actually want to do this? And it does need to be something like, if you come and say like, hey, I just need, you know, I need to lose 20 pounds because the doctor told me like, Probably not going to happen for you. So we do need to connect it to a bigger, bigger purpose to use some of your language. Once you get past that and you build a bit of momentum, man, it's smooth sailing because you feel really good from doing all this stuff. So why wouldn't you do it? So there is, again, a bit of mindset work, a bit of identity work, trying to step in and craft a new, like actually write down and craft a new identity of the guy or gal that you're going to be. And then when we get to work, there's really three phases that I'm going to tackle. It's, we have so, good... I don't want to skip over that. Goals, people. Written down. Goals, goals, goals. Like, you gotta, like, it's in this day and age, this insta generation, like we were talking about earlier, you got a million things flying at you, and every little shiny thing is gonna distract you. you go, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, what's that? Right? And there's, and, you know, you got 18 streaming services, you got like this TikTok. 
all these things. It's harder than ever to like stay focused and have the discipline to like do the things that are good for you. So when you write them down and you have an accountability system to review them regularly and say, okay, this is where I want to be. And I, I encourage people to do them in each of their core areas, right? And say, okay, this is where, and I actually, it's, I have this exercise called back to the future. You go to the end of your life. And if you want to see what you need to do now, like, and you're not quite sure, fast forward to the end of your life and ask yourself what you want people to eulogize you. Like, what do you want set at your funeral in each of your course? To me, that's like biscuits because then it's yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is what yeah. I really want deep down. This is what my soul is telling me. And then that's what you get to work on and start setting your goals. On. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. And when it comes to like the fitness goal stuff with people, I always tell them, chunk it back. So many people, <laughs> I'll get on a call and it's like, well, tell me how many days can you realistically dedicate towards exercise with your current schedule? And again, I, I got some guys that have some pretty dynamic schedules. And uh, I can't tell you how many people have been like, Oh, I, you know, I could work out every day. And it's like, that's great. How has that worked the last time you tried that? And for most people, there's a reason where they are, where they are. So, you know, if you're just starting, I would actually say like, man, take the amount of time you're thinking that you're going to dedicate, cut it in half, build some confidence through competence by nailing those minimum standards and then going from there. Far too many people are, are going to bite off way too much they're going to hit that wall. They're going to quit. And now the cycle just starts all over again. So I do think bringing it, bringing it down a bit is always going to be key. Oh, amen. Absolutely. Um, and so what, you know, what type of people do you work with? Do you work of all work with all ages, all sizes? You know, is there a certain demographic that you tend to target or, or is drawn towards you? Um, yeah. So again, at this point, I mean, I really do just coach men at this point. The majority are going to be entrepreneurs and business owners. If I had to put an age, that's, um, man, I've had guys that are 24 years old that are crushing it in business all the way up to probably in their sixties. But I've, you know, in the past, in a past life, I've, I've worked with guys that were in their eighties. Um, and I have worked with plenty of women as well, but yeah, probably the 25, 45 year old, um, entrepreneur business, business guy is who I tend to work with. And again, these, these people do have some, I think unique challenges that everybody can learn from because that, as you know, somebody who exited a company, it's like the time challenge is real. And that's probably the biggest barrier for everybody. Maybe even somebody listening to this and it's always going to be now you can always navigate it. Like you can always find again, the tactic, even if it's, Hey man, we need to outsource your food temporarily for a few weeks while you're going through this right. you know, crazy, you know, business moment or, if you have something else going on in your life, there's always going to be a strategy to work around the challenge. Like proactively scheduling that into your life, right? Versus mm -hmm. just being like, I'll get to it. That's the big yeah. difference, people, right? And, you, and speaking of technology, use that technology. Put that, I have many things throughout the week that are in my phone to remind me until they become automatic and habits. Some are automatic habits already, and I just still keep the reminder. I should probably remove it because it's already there. And some I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, and until it becomes a habit and like, okay, Jim, Wednesday, three, five, or, or, you know, basketball, whatever, you know, it is, you know, uh, relation, a date with my buddy, man night, you know, once a month, because what happens, you don't do that. And all of a sudden it's been like a year since you, you've hung out like in person with friends yeah. and, and, and obviously COVID was different, but I mean, did that you go on so you start texting with people you'd like their photos on facebook you feel like you're with them but you're not and we need that face-to-face -face human interaction so covid was rough but we're past that so no more excuses yeah and it's you know it's interesting with covid and this is like a good mindset evaluation i guess is i met people that during covid you know obviously covid, COVID was, was terrible i mean obviously people lost their lives and but when we're talking like health fitness 
you know, I've met people who, man, I put on COVID-20, right? And things kind of fell apart on them. And then there's other people in those exact same circumstances that actually were able to use that time period and actually like lose 20 pounds and develop some new habits. And for me, it was a really good highlight of regardless of what's going on, it's like, we're going to have a choice of how we're going to respond and navigate it. And again, some people like use that time to get proactive in their health because, hey, I'm at home. I'm going to control the environment more. I can make better uh, food choices. And other people, again, like, oh, man, the gym's close. <laughs> they went off the, the deep end that way. So that was an interesting observation for me. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. So there were some questions here. I like to try to get to them when we can. Let's see. If, by the way, if anybody has a question, feel free to ask. Luke, how did you find your passion in fitness? There's one. Um, yeah. So again, it did, it did kind of start with sport, um, in high school. And again, not as a very, not by no means a great athlete and really just figuring out what I was reading about in my free time. So I'm literally paying to go to college, to go to business school, realizing on my free time that the stuff that I'm reading about is nutrition and exercise. And, uh, that really kind of made me recognize like, okay, there's probably more to this. And then that was the shift to going into a kinesiology uh, department at school. Nice. Okay. So, right. There's this other question here. He's saying from Ilyas, sorry if I mispronounced that. I hear a lot of people becoming successful without school. It feels like if I finish college, I won't be successful like those guys and be in a cycle. Of, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. The, uh, that's funny. I, I was just on a podcast yesterday and we had a similar conversation. It's like, man, it's like, if I don't fail out of college, I can't be this mega success, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's, well, let's, how did you handle that? How did the conversation go? So, you know, I'm going to steal the Steve Jobs quote where it's like, you can't connect the dots um, looking forward, only looking back. And realistically, I probably, to do what I'm personally doing today, I would not have needed my college degree. So was it a waste? You know, depending for this individual, if, how far you are in it, I would probably see it through if I was towards the end. Um, but realistically, I could have gotten to where I am now today without the college degree. The biggest shift for me was actually I ended up working at a uh, uh, rehab studio after I had an injury and they worked on me and then they saw what I could do. And we ended up working together for about four or five years. And it really changed my perspective working with doctors of chiropractic, physical therapists. So now the question is, could have I gotten there without the degree? And the answer would have been yes. But that's easy looking back. If I were to do it all over again as an 18 year old kid Answer who, honestly. Yeah, okay, who, who didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I should have punted on college, taken a couple of years to go overseas, work just a trivial job to, to explore as somebody who really wants to travel. Or if I was a young person today, younger than I am now, I would be reaching out to like the Tom Billews of the world and saying, Hey, I want to come work for you for six months right. for free. And if I do a good job, I'd love to talk about a paid position. If you're in a position to do that, and obviously you have right. to have some type of support because you still got to you know, live somewhere. So that's probably how I would have navigated it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so this is an interesting discussion. I've had this in the past with people. I've done posts on it, but this kind of leads to let's have a brief discussion about I always talk about the system is broken just in general in terms of like a lot of things in our society, kind of like we started the podcast, gearing people towards thinking that power and fame and money is the answer to life and if they could only get that like the if only attitude like the victim mindset only i had that then i'd be happy right and it's just yeah. this never-ending failure loop you get caught in it just kind of reminds me like what you're just talking about with college in terms of like what a broken system college has become the the amount i mean it's outrageous what it costs to get through 
And yeah. when you look at technology and how easy it would be to just get that same education, people are, it's already happening. So yep. People are getting that same education and a quarter of the time and paying, you know, just insane amounts less than, than it costs to go to. But, you know, then there's that argument of, well, but you don't get that real world experience. And, you know, I did go to college and, and I, you know, that one does kind of get me because I'm like, I did get a lot of experience and I definitely grew as a person in college. So I'm wondering if it's not going to end up going to some sort of hybrid model where it's like, you know, you do, you know, there are activities and maybe a, a meetup place where, you know, you do do stuff with the students and, and whatnot, but maybe not as on the scale that it is now, which is just, you know, people get out of college and there's this massive debt. They're starting their whole lives. Like they got to yeah. work for five years before they're even break even. It's, it's just it's not right. Yeah. And I would imagine, or I think if, if you're somebody who it's like, no, I have a passion for this. This is what I want to do and, and be, and it requires this degree makes sense. Um, again, me as a 18 year old kid going to college, it's like, I just went into a business school. I don't want to say on a whim, but not knowing what I wanted to do and assuming that that would be a good place to start. And to me, that's probably a, a flawed position to Elias. I'm probably saying that wrong as well. Um, he says, it feels weird because most of the successful people don't even have a degree. I would offer this perspective. It's kind of like the story of like burn, burning the boats. Um, you hear entrepreneurs telling that all the time that you got to burn the ships and um, you only hear the success story of that. You don't hear the failure story of that. And there's thousands of people that have gone to college and are having tremendous careers and lives. So don't think that, uh, you know, again, we always hear the ones where like, oh, I failed out of college and couldn't do anything. And now I'm a billionaire. <laughs> Oh man, totally. That, right. You know, right. I had a college degree. Like, I don't think it's, you can look at it in black and white, like, okay, well that person didn't have one. That person did. There's just as many, I would say, I mean, it's a mix of, you know, success is success. It starts with, like you said earlier, your mindset, getting your mind right, getting that owner versus victim mentality. And then, you know, it kind of starts to fall into place. Once you, once you kind of get to the place where you can get fear of the finger and know that you have everything within you to kick ass, take names and obstacles or temporary roadblocks waiting for solutions. Yep. You know, and it's like, you're just gonna, you, you got goals and you're going to get there no matter what. And you're confident in yourself and what you're doing. It'll fall in place, whether, whether you go to college or not. But like, you, I agree with you. If this, if this part, if Ilias, if you're at the, towards the end, um, you know, yeah, you don't want to fail. But if you're like just at the beginning and you're trying to decide, should I go start my own business? You know, that's a decision you need to make. And I don't want to get in trouble with any parents. So, <laughs> yeah. we'll all right. Nice. So we're coming down to the end here. I like to always ask this question at the end. It's one question for me that I ask my guests. Tell me a failure habit. It doesn't matter. It could be any core. A failure habit that you once had in your life that you know, you now looking back, you go, that was holding me back. That was killing my momentum. And then you were able to replace it. And now you have a success habit that's building that positive momentum in your life. Mm. That's a great question, a failure habit. So I would definitely would have been somebody who self-described as a procrastinator. And so how did I, I don't know that I would have replaced it with a habit so much of more of just an internal dialogue to where taking on the identity of like, I'm the guy that gets stuff done. And then the road just kind of opened up to me in that sense. So again, there wasn't probably a specific habit that got turned on, but there was definitely, it would be, uh, you know, is it Pareto's principle where, you know, you give something, whatever time you're going to give it, it's going to last. And I could easily fall into the procrastination, procrastination trap. Yeah. So Pareto, that's the 80, 20. So, right. Uh, so that just for people who don't, right. That's 80, yeah, 20. So it's yeah, like, uh, then I'm mixing it up. The, the, there's a, there's a concept where if you 
say you give yourself five weeks to complete a project, it's going to take all five weeks. But if you would have given yourself a week, you would have also gotten it done in that week. And so like yes. I'm the guy that's going to pack my bag at 1230 at night for my 6 a.m. flight and, you know, realizing that that's not necessarily the best way to, to go through life and adopting more of a I'm a guy who gets the hard stuff done that I don't want to do. Yeah, and that's a that's a fantastic success app, right? It's one I I've developed as well. And I mean, we're human beings; it doesn't always, you know, work. So, you know, procrastination is just something in our nature. But if you can become aware of it, and like I have a thing where I read in one of his books one time, it was like if you can do it within like thirty seconds, don't write it down and put it on your gym. Yeah, yeah. Just do it. Yeah, um, and that that helps because there's nothing worse than when you got a to do list that's a mile long. And you're like, and you're just kind of just and you could have just knocked those out. Well, that goes oh. to your word momentum, man. And uh, it's huge. And I'm a, I'm a big either victim of not acquiring it. And I'm somebody that absolutely will run on it. So yeah, just checking a few of those little things off to build some momentum. And it's like, it's pretty amazing how you get a few things going. And even something as simple as like, man, doing the dishes, all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm really doing something here. And then other things get done. Totally. Right. And it, right. It's, it's kind of snowballs. And, and the more you get moving, you're right, momentum. It's like you get your body moving, get your mind moving. It's this ripple effect and it, it'll spread into the other areas of your life and you will become less complacent, right? Which is, again, mm -hmm. kind of going back to our original conversation. I think the world, I feel bad for Gen Zers that aren't aware of this and don't have a plan because it's so easy to be complacent. I mean, you can get whatever you want at the click of a button now. Like you can get your, your food delivered. That's, that was the business that I used to have that we yeah. sold. It was like a restaurant delivery, similar to like a Grubhub or a DoorDash. Yep. You can get Amazon now, anything, your groceries, anything you want within an hour. You can get your body delivered in an Uber or a Lyft. Yeah, like yeah. what ends what ends up happening when you're used to being able to do that? And it's like, oh wait, now I have to go do work. And you yeah, and, and and the side of for me, and this is something that I too, again, I mentioned growing up, I grew up in an analog world as a kid, to where I have to manage my energy in the sense of with so much stimulus coming at us, it's easy to feel occupied as if you're doing something. Again, hopefully this conversation is bringing some value to somebody, but it's pretty easy again to all of a sudden scroll and like you've wasted 15, 20 minutes and it almost felt productive because, oh, you're doing something, you're being engaged. And it's like, but am I being engaged with stuff that's going to move me forward and trying to be very protective of my, my time and energy. And again, I fall victim to it as well. That is, the, and that is the, the Pareto principle. Now, now you're on the Pareto, the 80, 20, right? Yeah. It's like you, you, you want to spend, 20 you want to spend 80 percent of your time on the most important stuff that's going to actually make a difference versus 20 percent. most of us tend to spend 80 percent on the on the crap that doesn't matter and we ignore that 20 percent that's really yeah. may not have gotten that exactly right but i think people get the gist <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well this has been great man uh, i'm really glad we did this i know you got a show i'm happy to to come on and chat with you on there as well so yeah it'd be cool yeah. Shoot me, shoot me an email. Let's keep in touch, dude. This is great. You're, you're killing it. You're doing all the right things. Now, are you and you're Chicago based? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Where okay. are you? So I'm in San Diego, but I'm originally from Rock Island, Illinois. I don't know if you know where Rock Island is, Moline. I don't. Well, I've only been there for five years, so I'm oh, still learning. Okay. Where is well, that? It's on the border of Illinois and Iowa. If you would, if you drive from Chicago to Denver, you'll go right through it, and there's probably not a big reason to stop. Besides. Great ice cream and barbecue. <laughs> well, I'm a big small town guy. My wife's from a very small town in Defiance, Ohio. And I feel like there's just something about small town peeps that I've always clicked with. So that makes sense. Awesome, man. Well, great chatting. Let's keep in touch. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Cheers, man. All right, buddy.
That's it for the five core life. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that like button on this video and pound that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes drop. Also, please fill out the free five core life evaluator quiz. It's a great way to get a baseline of where you are and the five cores and which of the five cores you need support. In addition, you'll get some actionable advice that you can apply and start improving your life in the areas that you need it most. That's it for today's episode of the five core life podcast. Have a wonderful day. Get moving, gain momentum, join the movement. Join Emmett by going to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five course. 